Like I said earlier, Lord, you are in control. I pray, Lord, that we would look to you only, not to the ways of the world and the ways that you have set up. What can man do to us? What should we fear what man can do to us? Lord, I pray when we confess our sins, you hear back from us. Help us to follow you all the days of our life. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in the Psalms. We're in Psalm 37 this week. And last week we looked at the world versus God. And what the world does and what the world thinks and the way the world works. And this week we're going to look at how God is versus the world. And David kind of puts it together. So let me share a story with you that might relate to at least some of you, or some of you might be able to relate to this person. There was this man who lived a fulfilling life. He had the full American dream, or at least that's the way it seemed to him. He went to work. He built a home. Of vanities. 
He let the worries of the world choke out his joy in life. He just couldn't get over the little things in life. He always sweated the small stuff. Does that sound like something to you? You ever grew up with that? Somebody you remember? Always worrying about money? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to go here? How am I going to go there? How am I going to fix my car when it breaks down? You know anyone like that? Does that sound familiar to you? Because today, God is going to talk about something very important. He's going to talk about contentment. In fact, in this very psalm, He's going to help you get out of your own way. Many Christians, I know, live this way. Many Christians will come to me and they'll say, Yeah, Pastor, I understand all that, but... And I'll look at them and go, Get your butt out of the way. No, 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 but you don't understand. See, I'm doing all these things, but... There it is again. But there it is again. And I'm no different. I'm not perfect at this. I get my butt in the way too. But what about this? But what about that? But what about... No. Step back and understand... Listen and heed what's about to be said, then you too can have joy, and you too can find meaning in this life, and you don't have to sweat the small stuff. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. Don't fret. I want you to hear this word. Don't fret. Don't sweat the small stuff. I was going to do a demonstration for you, and I was going to fill up a jar full of golf balls and tell you those are the important parts of life. And then I was going to fill it up with pebbles and tell you those are kind of like your cars and your community and the things you have in your life. And then I was going to fill it up with sand. And each time I was going to ask you, is it full? And every time I've seen this demonstration done, everyone, when the golf ball's done, they go, yeah, it's full. And then you add to the pebbles. And they're like, oh, no, yeah, 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 it's full. And then you add to the sand. They're like, oh, no, yeah, it's full. And in the end, he adds water. Listen to what David has to say today and truly learn from his example of how hard life really is. David had a rough life, some of it because of his own doing. Some of us have that, right? So here, here's the hardness of life and the joy that you can find in every morning. Psalm 37 is God versus the world. Not the world versus God, but God versus the world. So here it is. Verse 1 says this, Fret not, here it is, yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the 
desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in His ways over the man carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Now notice verse 3. Here it is. Don't sweat the small stuff. We've said it Some of us envy them and we think, oh, I wish I had that or I wish I could do that or I wish I had a $5,000 suit and I wish I had $500 shoes and I wish I had... Don't fret. Don't get angry. Don't get upset over things you don't have. Learn to find your contentment. Don't sweat the small stuff. When you fret with or worry about these people, understand they don't have it all together. They're missing a lot. We tend to think that if we're somewhere else, we'll find contentment. We tend to think that when we go on vacation, we're going to find rest. How many of you go on vacation, and after you're done with vacation, come home and go, man, I need a vacation. Every time, especially when we fly, and when we had real littles at the time, it was like a workout, trying to figure out how to, it's like, has anyone ever herded cats? That's what it's like going to an airport with little kids because they want to run through things and they want to, ooh, look, there's a metal detector. Let's go through that. 
us are thinking in our lives that is just a different career. Oh, if I just would get a different job, life would be so much better. Life would be so much easier. If I just made more money, if I just retired rightly and I saved just about enough, and if I just listened to all these financial experts, who, by the way, seem to have it all together and want to teach you everything they've learned for a cost. You ever notice that? selling my system to all these people. And by the way, it's a godly system. Because cash is king. What about Jesus was king? Well, I'll sell it to the church. How many of us, because of our circumstances, just differently,
goal. You actually find contentment because you realize everything you have comes from Him. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. And when you see what you get, you start to find contentment in it because you realize, like Paul, I've had many things. I know what it's like to eat a lot and have nothing to eat. I know what it's like to make a lot of money and have no money. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what that verse means. Philippians 4.13 has nothing to do with slapping it on your eye black and thinking you're the best quarterback in the world or best athlete in the world. It is everything to realize that no matter what you do in this life, you can find contentment whether you're rich or you're poor, sick or you're healthy. Contentment comes from Him. It doesn't come from the world. That's what Jesus wants us to understand today. And too many of us believe the lies that it comes from the world. Too many of us today believe the lies that it comes from our job or our vacation spots or our retirement funds. Find contentment in God. Proverbs 28, 20 says this, A faithful person will have an abundance of blessings, but the one who hastens to gain riches will not go unpunished. Here's what you can do. Take your $2, walk into the local grocery store, and buy your lottery ticket so you can win and be totally happy. That's what you can do. In fact, don't just use 2 bucks. Pull out 20 bucks. That's what the world tells you is going to be contentment to you. Because once you win the lottery, your life is going to be totally easier. Everything you ever wanted, it's going to be easier. Because you're going to have all the money in the world to do whatever you want. You know the biggest fear, if I ever won the lottery, is not about the money. It's about what would happen to me afterwards. Has anyone ever watched the TLC program, I Won the Lottery and It Ruined My Life? Go watch that program. The scariest thing I've ever watched. I think I've told you this story before, but there was a guy who won $17 million in the Florida lottery. His wife left him the next day. She took half. He then invested all his money in these different investments and lost it all. He was broke after $17 million in less than a year. Less than a year it took him to lose $17 million. He thought, my life was going to be great. I won this lottery. And then what's even more scary is he still would get in the mail people sending him letters saying, you won $17 million. I need some money. You've got money. Send it to me. I'm telling you right now, the one who hastens to gain riches will not go unpunished. Blessings meaning that you will get to see from the very mercy of God. That's what the blessing is. You and I get to see from the person of God. That's the many blessings. Famous for saying, the richest man.
Father, we know your goal is true guidance for us to know you better. Your holy goal is that that strength would not be in us, but that it might be in God. Jesus is that holy goal. We keep our eyes on him. We focus on him. We want to have him be straight. And we take our eyes off. We get reminded that God the Father is mainly focusing on the Son. The past starts to look crooked. We start focusing on me. We start focusing on my Son. I sent him here to help you. But even if the Spirit would be able to do it, that's what Christ is. Not that we're perfect, but that he's given himself to us so that we can be perfect in return. Perfect guidance. That's the behavior we serve him with. That's what righteousness brings forth our righteousness as light, our justice as noonday for all to see. said that so many times. Now they have these cool things. I thought about buying them. I, I, I'll just wait. By the way, this is why I don't have a little sister in the audience. But they had that really cool thing in the back where you put a message in there and it keeps the lights from falling on you. I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. You're driving too close. I love you. So how do I, in the midst of all the troubles that are happening in this world today, how do I do this very thing? How do I trust in God? Verse 7 says it this. It says this. Be still. I didn't read that. Sorry. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. There it is again. Over the one who prospers in his way. Over the man who carries out evil desires. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. Once again, it only tends to evil. Okay. Think about this for a minute. It just doesn't do any good for you. All it does is start to make you feel bad. You start to feel bad about yourself. You start to feel bad about other people. You start to find that the world you live in kind of is full of that. People are selfish. And actually, Jesus told us, consider others more important than yourself. How many of us Christians live that way? Don't get angry with others. It only leads to evil. That's hard to hear. There's nothing good that comes from the lies that Satan tells you. Nothing. In fact, be still and wait patiently on the Lord is what he's asking us. In 1 Kings 19, talks about Elijah and his taking on of the prophet Baal. They had to get seven bucketfuls of water all the way down there. Yep, all the way down that mountain. They walked all the way back up. They poured it on top. And they walked all the way back down, all the way back up. They did that seven times. And I'm going, I would never be able to do it once. But they did it. And they proved that God was who he says he was. Because remember, Baal is the God of rain. 
couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So they pour this altar and it goes up in flames because of God. God brings down the flames. And then after that happens, he learns that Jezebel wants to kill him. So he runs away and he waits patiently on the Lord. And he listens to that still small voice, it says. The sound of that low whisper in Hebrew or gentle whisper in Hebrew. And he waits to see what God would have him do. How can you and I listen for that gentle whisper in our lives? Here's some practical things you can do. Spend time in His Word. I know that sounds crazy. Sounds difficult. Open up His Word and read. If you can't read it, get an app like I have that has multiple different versions. Listen to it. You can hit play and there's a guy that comes on that reads to you, and he will put you to sleep, so don't do it while you're driving. But you can listen to the Word. In fact, remember that the Bible was an oral tradition mostly, and people would listen to the Word of God. So do it. Listen to it. It's amazing to hear the Word of God. Your life starts to turn because things start to become less important, and God starts to become more important. You actually start to hear stories, and you're like, ooh, I've got to stay to listen to this story. I've got to try to hear what the ending's going to be in this story. And you start to get captivated by God. That's number one. Listen to the Word or read the Word. Here's another thing you can do. Spend time in prayer. Get alone with God. Find a small room off to the side. Just get alone. Get on some bended knees and just ask God to show you what He wants from you, what He's asking of you. How do I find contentment in my horrible job? How do I find contentment in my horrible life situation? Churches where they're like, 
I can't do everything. So I'm going to hire another pastor and call him the care pastor. So he can go out and do it. Be friends. Come together for God. Come together for God. God communicates through worship, through others, through nature. Friends, we have to do this. You can't just read something and expect to hear what you're not paying attention to. God doesn't work that way. I'm here to tell you God doesn't work that way. Now, yeah, we can't circumvent His will. We can't rub the genie and think, oh, if I just pray this hard enough, God will change. That's not what I'm asking us to do. I'm asking us to look and pay attention to God. Stop what you're doing and start listening. Actively listen. Because when you actively listen and you are patient, it gives you something I've talked about it already. It's called contentment in this life. It's contentment in God. It's contentment in His ways versus what the world gives you. Listen to what the world gives you. Verse 9 of today's message. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. This is a little while. The wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart. Their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of the many of the wicked. As the great theologian Sean Puffycomb says, no money, no problems. You older people don't know who that is. He's a rap artist. Out with a song called No Money, No Problems. But listen and heed what he has to happen with contentment. Verse 17 today says this, The arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord holds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They will not be put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke that vanishes away. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by Him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old, David says, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for food. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, so you shall dwell forever. Verse 28, for the Lord loves justice. He's not forsaking the saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. 
the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous shall utter wisdom. And his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seek to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord. Keep his ways. He will exalt you to inherit the land and you will look on the when the wicked are cut off. The Lord will not strike the heart. I've said this five times in this passage. Five times I felt this was great. Patient give you something I pointed before. Waiting in obedience, or waiting in obedience as a servant, in hope as heirs, in expectation as believers. Wait in obedience as a servant, in hope as an heir, and expectation as a believer. Charles Spurgeon says that. Here's another one. G. Campbell Morgan, who taught at Biola small guy who was really not known came to England. His name was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody taught this to G. Campbell Morgan. He said this, Waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not abandoning effort. Waiting for God means first, activity under command. Second, readiness for a new command that it may come. And third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Let me say it again. Waiting on God means first, activity under command. Second, readiness for a new command that it may come. And third, the ability to do nothing until it comes, until the command is given. If we wait on the Lord and we lean not on our own understanding, He makes our path straight. That's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. Many people don't quote Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, though. And let me quote it for you. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, it says. It will be healing for your flesh and refreshment for your bones. That's the beauty of that saying. When we don't lean on our own understanding and we let Him do it all, He makes our path straight. himself like green laurel trees. But he passes away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for theirs is a future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be together destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. That's God versus the world, people. Where do you take refuge? Your stuff? You take refuge in your stuff that you sweat? You don't have small stuff? Or do you take refuge in God, the Creator of all? 
stronghold in times of trouble. Salvation is from the Lord. That's it. Salvation is from God. So take care of the big things in life. Take care of God. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of your friends. Don't sweat the small stuff. Because every job you get is going to suck. Let me tell you. Every job I've ever had always has something bad in it. It always has something good in it. So focus on the good. Don't focus on the bad. Because I'm telling you right now, once you find a new job, you're going to focus on the bad. Same thing is true of churches. Focus on the good in churches because it's made up of sinners. Imperfect people. And I can tell you right now, you can focus on the bad. You can focus on the bad in Egypt. Focus on the good. Focus on the things that God's doing through those people. Not because they have really cool worship sets. Not because they have the really cool pastor with all the tattoos. Focus on the fact that they're preaching the Word of God and they encourage you to go to God in times of trouble, in times of need. Not some cool, hip, new thing. Because it's only going to need more. It's only going to need more. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat your work, your vacation, your cars, your house, your money. Just plan the funds and sweat it. Give it to the Lord. Give it up to Him. Don't sweat the small stuff. That's what this man does. Take refuge in the Lord. He's going to help you deliver you. He delivers those who receive Him straight from our hearts. sing now.